So today's topic, ready and willing to be transformed. I had uh, kind of retitled this a little bit, maybe a little less theological transformation. Take off the old self and put on the new, piece by piece, step by step. When, when we are resurrected, when we come to the Lord, faith in God, in Jesus, we are resurrected with Christ, but sometimes it doesn't feel like it, does it? <laughs> right? Uh, sometimes I long to be the thief on one of the thieves on the cross where Jesus says, tomorrow you will be with me in paradise. But God leaves us on this earth for some reason to transform us. Uh, I've, we've discussed this before, is how to, God wants to uh, build his kingdom, the kingdom of God, in each of our individual lives and collectively as the body of Christ to do God's will. The story in the prodigal son in Luke 15 shows us how this prodigal son takes steps to possess the kingdom of God. How by admitting, number one, his need, our need of a saving that we need, um, that we need saving from our old nature, the self-righteousness of the older son, and even for the religious. So this is great news, good news, even for my Buddhist friends, my Indian friends, that religion can only get us so far, right? I have wonderful neighbors who uh, serve, go to temple. Uh, they are always working, working, doing things. And uh, um, this is great news for them, is that we all need a savior. Hope in Jesus that can save us. The imagery of baptism, resurrection from the dead, and alive in our hope in Christ. Faith and action. So sometimes those words are a little, leave us a little wanting. So I put up some old, old uh, graphics here of what it means to take steps one, two, and three. Place our trust in God. Um, the image on the lower right, these are from that little tract, Steps to Peace with God or the Four Spiritual Laws. You see, uh, I should have a pointer. I gotta buy a pointer. Um, you have a little, a guy and a gal jogging across uh, the cross. It says from sinful humanity to a holy God, which is theologically true, from death to life. However, it's a straight line. I don't think it really depicts what um, our moral divide is. So I like this one over here where God is up there and man is down here and Jesus bridges the gap. Very similar to our, our uh, Lord's Prayer, right? Uh, our Father who is in heaven, how holy is your name, okay? And then it's that larger picture on top. You see a, a chasm here, right? A big chasm. God's over here. Humanity's over here. And Jesus uh, paves the way. So when we place our faith and trust in God, what does this mean? Christ died in our place. Baptism symbolizes this and reminds us that we died with Christ 
and he died in our place. He paid the penalty for our shortcomings, our failings. And we are raised from the dead, restored to son and daughtership in a new birth. So it's not quite depicted here, right? I mean, these guys on the right, they're just kind of going for a leisurely, you know, Sunday jog. But the whole idea of dying with Christ in the water, we're cleansed in the water, it's full immersion, tactile, that God cleanses all of us inside and out, and we're raised. We died with Christ. I talked about other religions, and it's kind of depicted in Luke 15 as the older son. Uh, religion can only get you so far, and often leads to self-righteousness. You can go as far as the Pharisees, as iconic pictures in the Bible, right? They, uh, the Apostle Paul says, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I was perfect in the law. Okay, and became prideful and was persecuting other people. Standing self-righteous at the stoning of Stephen. It could lead you to a works theology, um, the Bible, Jesus, and other things. If you're of other traditions, um, Reformed theology talks about uh, sola Christos, Christ alone, right? Sola Logos, the word alone. Uh, I forgot the Latin for faith, but faith alone, right? I think there's one more. Anybody come from a Reformed theology? Bible alone, Christ alone, faith alone. There's one more. We're a Baptist church, so. <laughs> uh, so it works theology. There are other denom Christian denominations that kind of tack on extra things. And this was the great uh, Reformation from the Roman Catholic churches, where they tacked on a lot of things, the rules and rituals and, and man's traditions that you had to follow. They go over sacraments. We have two sacraments, right? You guys know what they are? The Lord's Supper, communion, we do once a month. And there's one more that we celebrate here, that is? And baptism. There you go. We're a Baptist church. We only celebrate two. Don't feel cheated. <laughs> That's all we believe that is important and necessary. Okay? Uh, it's not for, for God's grace because we believe Christ alone, the Bible alone. You know, we don't need a priest to intercede for us. But we celebrate and commemorate our relationship with God in these two sacraments. Okay? Um, the Catholic Church has, I think, seven Something like that. Marriage is one. I'm not sure if having children is the other. Uh, giving alms to, I don't know, other things. There, there are a number of things. But this is how you basically score brownie points with God. Yes, it is Christ. Coming to Mass. Mass is another one. Anybody come from a Catholic background? Right? It's, that's where you get the Catholic guilt, <laughs> you know, there's such thing as a good, you heard the term, a good Catholic, right? Some of your friends that you've uh, grown up with. 
because they're faithful or ritualistic in these sacraments that they feel, okay, I'm doing the, the seven things, the checkoff list. So the good news of Christ is good news for other religions, my Buddhist friends, my Indian friends, my Catholic friends. We don't have to work so hard. In fact, the whole idea is we cannot work for God's love and grace. That is the good news. Lest we become prideful and have the attitude of the second son who said what? I deserve, okay? I deserve a party celebration to be celebrated. I deserve God's love. So that's what I wanted to start with. And as we go through um, becoming ready to be transformed to holiness, I want you to consider your status. Have you ever accepted God's gift of eternal life and trusted in God? Not done a lot of things, but have you ever trusted fully in God, Christ alone? Trusting God with pain for our failings, our moral failings, not just, you know, tick, 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 I did this, I lied, and I stole a pencil in grade school, whatever, I cheated on this exam. It's not those things. We're talking about our whole nature, past, present, and future. Not getting that attitude of, I deserve God's grace, but I need saving. And we follow we often follow that through with baptism, okay? So think about that. So we've talked about refiner's fire before, 2 Corinthians 7.1. Therefore, therefore, since we have these promises, what promises? We look at back in chapter 6, where God says, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters. Dear friends, let us purify ourselves from every thing that contaminates the body and spirit. We're in 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Colossians, sorry, 3, we'll be talking about uh, purifying ourselves in word and deed, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Again, not for the relationship, but because of it. So I'll be coming back to this again and again. Ephesians 4, 3 says, be made new in attitude of our minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Because we put our faith in God, God solves our moral divide in the person of Jesus once and for all. Now God is saying, take off the old self, the fleshly self, and put on the new self created to be like God in right, true righteousness and holiness. Well, those are big words. Well, what does it look like? The Apostle Paul goes on to explain it for us. Build each, other's, each other up. Be kind. Be compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. I must say, I, I believe this is kind of actually a scarcity in our churches. 
I asked the general Christian in America, are we better than we were last year in our discipline, in our transformation, in our kindness, in our knowledge, security, and God's love for us? Are we more secure in in that than last year? As you contemplate that, I believe you're not alone if you say, well, you know, I've had my ups and downs and I've been stuck in a rut, blah, blah, blah. Or this certain thing has just dragged me down. You are not alone. There are many, many what we call carnal Christians in the church. That is why I'm going through this wonderful series through depicted in the prodigal son that shows us practical steps, not just easy Christianity. If you hear people online or go to different churches, well, they give an altar call and they're high-fiving each other. Wow, we got three today. Wow, what are our stats? You know, 112 came to know the Lord this year. We're doing such a great job, okay? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. But sometimes we call this easy Christianity. Easy Christianity that people think, oh, God's got a free gift, just like a a welcome pack out the door. Okay, I'll take that. But God wants to transform us. God wants to heal us from the inside out and through refiner's fire. And paralleling the prodigal son stories with the 12 steps of AA, I think, gives us some categories to think about and contemplate. But today is very uh, a pivotal step. So I want you to pay attention. John 3, 6 says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. So to do a fearless moral inventory, to contemplate sharing all our good, bad, and ugly with God, ourselves, and another human being, to be ready to have God move all, remove all of our imperfections, we need to be secure. We need to be changed by God. We need to know without a shadow of the doubt that I am a child of God, a son and a daughter. So the question is, how do, are you secure in that? Step four, five, and six will be proportional to our knowledge of God's healing transformation with us. If we just have a cursory knowledge of it, we won't really be secure enough to take an honest look at our failings and be ready to have God change them. If you have taken these steps, steps one, two, and three, you are ready to tackle the steps of a fearless moral inventory, confession, and being ready for God to remove our imperfections. Again, not for the relationship, but because of it. But because of it. So what does uh, step six uh, actually say? We were entirely ready to have God remove all of these character defects. Like the prodigal son said. The prodigal son kind of does a one-minute testimony, doesn't he? In steps one, two, and three, in the verbiage, when he came to his senses, what did he say? I know what I'll do. I will go back to my father and say to him, I have sinned against you in heaven. 
I'm not worthy to become your slave. So he took step one. He admitted, take me back as a servant. There's a moral gap here. I'm going to at least come back home to survive, but take me back as a slave. So he was ready to be changed. Step one, two, and three, admitting our failings, our shortcomings. Step two is having hope in Jesus. Step three is trusting God that God can restore us. Again, I talked about visually baptism is a depiction of our life before Christ and our life after Christ. They say if you uh, give your testimony, you should be able to do it in like three to five minutes. Okay? So I challenge you to do that. That's your homework. Write down your testimony. If I challenge you guys to come up to the microphone, could you do that in two to five minutes? Okay? I don't want you to list... Well, these are all the things I've done, Christian things in my life. 12 pages. Okay? What does that sound like? Sounds a little bit like the second son, the older son, doesn't it? Here I've done all these things, and I didn't even get a goat. You're not even patting me on the back. So I'm going to give my testimony in two minutes. I was raised in this church, brought by my parents as a little kid. They started youth group at junior high-ish level. Then they had a summer camp. So I went to summer camp. And I heard the message of God's plan of salvation that was motivated by God's love for me out of the 7.8 billion, 7,846,000,000 people in this world, I heard the message that I, as a junior higher, was important to God. That Jesus died for my failings. I accepted God's plan of salvation, trusting Jesus, and then I became a new person. I followed up after camp with baptism, where you... profess that I made this decision. You walk the aisle, Pastor G gives you a Bible, (laughs) and then you get to get dunked here in a very tactile way of being buried with Christ once and for all and being raised in the power of God's resurrection. Since then, I have grown in my knowledge of God's love for me my status as a child of God and refining me when I get prideful like the second son or in my religious acts of service, God has provided me after Christ. God has provided me more than I can ask or think in ministry. And I've only shared a little bit. So consider your status. Have you ever accepted God's gift of eternal life and trusted your life in Jesus? Trusting Jesus as a pain for our, fa- our moral failings. Not because you deserve it, but because recognizing that we need saving and often following up with baptism. You don't have to get baptized for God's, God's grace. It's just a public profession of faith. 
Are you able to do that? Ask yourself. That's your homework. And if not, let's talk about it. So step, so if you've taken these steps, you're ready to have God remove. You're getting ready in your heart to have God transform you. Asking God to remove all our shortcomings. First John uh, 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and will forgive us from our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. After the prodigal son confessed his sins to his father, take me back as a son, the father didn't even mention his sin. The older son certainly did. Here, this son of yours took your inheritance, spent it on prostitutes, blah, 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 and here you're throwing a party. But the father, his response to his confession is, he said, servants, quick, bring the best robe of his honor and dignity, put it on him, put a ring on his finger, and sandals on his feet. God restored him. God forgave him and restored him to moral sonship. The Apostle Paul in Colossians 3, if you're taking notes, you, don't, you could just jot down Colossians 3. You don't have to take all the wording. The Apostle Paul talks about this even more. So whatever you do in word and deed, do in Jesus' name, giving thanks to God. Let the peace of Christ rule in your life and be thankful. So after, this is this process of allowing God to love you. This is allow, giving God room to actualize in your knowledge and security of God's forgiveness in our life. Remember, I shared that verse. There is no fear in love, for perfect love drives out all fear. When we have a knowledge of that, that's when we're able to take a fearless moral inventory. How could God restore us, you know, remove our imperfections if we don't even, you know, acknowledge them <laughs> of what they are? Personality defects, whatever, all these other things. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. And here's a hard-hitting verse from the Apostle John in 4.18. We love, okay, so I've talked about we're able to do a fearless moral inventory when we internally have start to internalize God's love for us. But God also wants us to make effective change in our relationship with those around us. It is us and then those around us. Apostle John hits this hard. We love where we can love because he first loved us. That's the transformation. I love this. Next one. You ready? Verse 20. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. Okay? If you have religion, if, if you're always singing about God's love for you and how it fills you and how spiritual songs just bless your soul. But if you really hate your neighbor, you're a liar. <laughs> John's saying. If you know God's love, all right, it's going to transform. It's going to spread to your family and friends and neighbors. And this is what it looks like. Be patient and forgive as you were forgiven. Therefore, put on compassion, put on kindness, humility, gentleness, 
patience. Do we hold grudges? Then we are only lying to ourselves if we have allowed God to love and forgive us. He goes on to say in, the, in Colossians, put on the new self. I like this. Here's some encouragement for you, unless you feel a big guilt trip today. <laughs> put on the new self, which is being renewed in the likeness of our creator. So like I said, it'd be nice if we were the second, the thief on the cross where God takes us to paradise tomorrow. But God gives us a number of days on this earth. And the apostle Paul acknowledges God wants us to take off the old self and put on the new self, which is being constantly renewed every day, every week, every year, every season. We should be getting better. It's a process. Luke 15 shows us kind of some steps to repentance, taking off the old self. Colossians continues. Take off the old self, such as, let's get specific, anger, rage, malice, which is like anger with revenge, Slander, coarse language. Put to death these earth, this earthly nature. Bible says this is why God's wrath is going to be on the world. That's why Jesus came, because of these earthly nature. More specifically, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. Is it these specific things? Well, the general heading, the apostle says, comma, which is idolatry. All right? We put our faith in God. We worship God. God establishes a new relationship with us. And God wants us to put off these things because it's the opposite of worshiping God. It's idolatry. So this is why the Apostle Paul admonishes us to allow God to replace the old nature with our new nature, which is having a new spirit of peace. Who doesn't want that? I love uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Just the first three is kind of good enough for me. Love joy and peace to live your life in love security joy in the midst of circumstances regardless of circumstances having joy and then peace about the big and small things of life so he says in gratitude thanksgiving love and patience forgiving others as the lord has forgiven us put on compassion kindness Humility, gentleness, patience. This is being renewed. This is what God wants to purify our hearts in. Being renewed in God's image, step by step, piece by piece. Let's meditate on refiner's fire as we wrap up. One more slide.
Two more slides. So take off the old self. Let's put on the new self. Not for God's love, but because of God's love. It's predicated on taking the first steps, one, two, and three, and often following it up with baptism. Is this possibly your first step? Think about this. Am I, are you, that religious person? Characteristics of the older son. If you were to write your testimony, what, what, why, why should God allow you to be restored as a son and daughter, that moral divide? And if you have a big, thick laundry list, that's more characteristics of the second son. Even while we were yet sinners, God died for us. Sure, if we compare ourselves to our neighbor, friends, relatives, maybe we can feel a little more self-justified, right? But zoom out a little bit. Our Father who is in heaven, how holy is your name. Every person, Mother Teresa, Princess Diana, all right, the Pope, priest, pastor, we all need God's grace. And it's good news. We can relax. It's good news for all faiths. Muslims, Catholics, we don't have to perform, especially if you're from a performance-based culture, if you're from a shame-based culture. They have, yeah, you have to jump through all these hoops and do all these things, act the right way to get a pat on the back. Talking about holiness can feed right into that performance-based mentality. But that's the joy, the good news, is we don't have to do that. God restores us. Jesus comes as our Savior in our hearts, setting up his kingdom in our lives, creating a new self from an old self, piece by piece, step by step. Step one, admitting that we need a moral Savior, having hope in Jesus that God can love even me and restoring us out of the 7.45 billion people in this world. God cares and loves each of us. Having faith, that is, in our citizenship in Christ as a son and a daughter. Closing, remember, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear.